You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Folks, do not mind the growling noises behind us here in the studio. (laughs) That's just John Curtis. (laughs) Oh, the one and only uh, Lost Vegan. That's me. Curmudgeon at Law. That's me. And the official food critic of What's Right with Sam and Ash. John, welcome to the studio. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you're hungry, (laughs) as am I. I know, I am. Yeah. I'm always hungry. And part of the growling's not just uh, you or our stomachs, but we do have uh, three little weenie dogs roaming around as we as we do this. It is literally a sausage fest with Ashley today. <laughs> plus one. Plus one. A sausage fest plus one here. It's the best kind. Yeah. Well, we have, we have Rocky, who, of course, uh, is Good Boy CEO on social media and elsewhere. And and then his uh, his friends, my dogs are here today, Rudy and Bella, and they are well. Rudy doesn't want any part of what's going on down there, so he's now on my lap. Uh, and I'm, I guess I'm doing a radio show with a with a with um, your wiener, you know, with your wiener dog, with my wiener in, out in full view. Um, you, you, you know, media is hard enough to pull off when you're sober and uh, undistracted by things, and uh, <laughs> that doesn't work at the Sam and Ash. It's one life is one big. Happy distraction. Well, on Fridays, we usually, usually stay away from current events and politics and legal issues. And we delve into the world of food in Las Vegas because, you know, we love, we love all the good restaurants here. We'll love to support them and put the word out for any new hot spots that might be around. Um, I'm seeing more and more people, John, going to Carver Steak. Oh, the yeah. new steak restaurant. I'm seeing a lot of pictures, and they're they're giving me a fair amount of FOMO. I I yeah, I can't a, lie. It looks looks good. It is a spectacular looking restaurant. I mean, it. I that boy, did they put some money in this place. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, some steakhouses are all just about the food. I mean, that's not not to put them down, but a place like Strip Steak, Michael Mina Strip Steak in Mandalay Bay has excellent food, but it looks like a coffee shop. Okay, and other places, I mean, like your favorite, Golden Steer, trades and nostalgia, they've got that going. But a lot of newer places aren't that unique. Uh, I love a Prime in the Bellagio because it's a gorgeous restaurant, whether it's a steakhouse or not. But boy, Carver Steak really rings the bell when it comes to decor. Yeah, I agree. I walked through yeah, it the yeah. other night, and I was impressed. Even like the two-seater booths, they're in their uh, own little... The- alcoves are those great they're, they're very intimate they have yeah. little special like large party sections for bigger tables i'm really excited i haven't been there to eat yet but i am looking forward to it and the bar looks interesting yeah. and aren't you impressed by the by the colors are all, all over the place yeah. everything's yeah. orange i know i mean who knew orange was a hot color except me of course with my orange uh, iphone cover <laughs> but i mean apparently I or- orange is the new black in more ways than one <laughs> It's supposed to make you hungry, isn't that true? No, that's red and yellow. Red and yellow. Red. Well, red's all about the well, Chinese the is good two, luck. If yeah. you put the two colors together, you get orange oh, yeah. ash. <laughs> so um, this, you know, I, I always underestimate just how smart he is. <laughs> so does Ashley. <laughs> red and yellow make orange. Who knew? <laughs> okay, but have you been to Carver Steak yet? Yeah, so well, I, I went there, but I, I went there with our my friends Pearl and Ray. Last Friday, a week okay. ago, it was at, and it was the fourth stop on a four restaurant day. Okay, <laughs> so it was the nine o'clock. In fact, we were, I was talking about this later. Might as well talk about the front. So uh, we went. Um, we started at Cipriani, 
Uh, we then ate at uh, we got something to eat at with uh, at the oh, cigar eight, bar eight at eight cigar at Resorts Remember? World. Yes. Resorts. Then we go to Caviar Bar. Okay. And eat and drink at Caviar Bar. Now it's nine o'clock. I've been eating and drinking since <laughs> noon. Okay, it's nine nine fifteen. We go to uh, and of course I walk in. I know some of the the, the managers and whatnot. And they're, oh, Mr. Curtis, come sit down. We want to bring you food. Yeah. I'm like, no. But they brought a few appetizers, and they were delicious. But I was pretty much over-drinking and over-eating, over it, meaning as I was done with eating and drinking at that point. So I can't really talk about the food. It looked great. I took a couple of nibbles and two sips on a cocktail, and that was it. Oh, well, then we got to go back. But- yeah, we do. I want to go back when I'm hungry, because I love the look of the place. The menu is interesting. It's expensive, folks. Boy, have steakhouses gotten expensive now. Remember when a good steak was 35 bucks, yeah. and you were like, wow, that's a lot of money for a steak, and, well, now, and now you're talking $65.80. I'll top that. I remember when it was big news in New York City in the early aughts, around 2003, 2004, when uh, steakhouses, uh, the $30 steak became a big deal, when it was eclipsing 30 bucks, And, and they were, there were articles in the New York Times about, Steaks now cost more than $30 in, in Manhattan, right? Well, those were, boy, the good old days because things have tripled <laughs> since then. Okay, yeah. now, now the, the better ribeyes and strips and that are all in the 70 and $80. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you went to... Oh. There they are. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash and three dogs <laughs> in the studio, plus John Curtis. Uh, it's, uh, it's a full house today. Yeah, it really You're all is. welcome. Well, Cipriani, great, fabulous. Yeah, we yeah. see that on your social accounts all the time. Yeah. But you mentioned food at eight, the cigar bar. Yeah, it was good. Okay, did you know where it's coming from? Brazer, yeah, 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 yeah. I had it no really idea. Good. It was great. I, I thought it was, well, it was a whole a whole antipasto platter that I thought was just kicked ass. And somebody said, oh, it's coming from Brazer, which is Nicole Brisson next door. So and, no and surprise just to, there. Just to clear this up, so the Carver Steak, Brezza. And uh, caviar and, bar and caviar bar and the cigar bar yes. eight. are us eight are all at Resorts World. You can throw a rock. I mean, li- literally left-handed, you could throw a rock between all of them. <laughs> In fact, at the at the end of that row is then Wally's, which is another great which, favorite. Exactly. In fact, I should have eaten gone to Wally's just to make it a complete, you know, full f- five finger <laughs> <laughs> dinner, but day. But I couldn't do it. Now, the so, so to me, I look at that, and the big picture is that Resorts World, being the new kid on the block. Oh yeah, is. Is making moves. It's making moves. I mean, I think. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of their of their uh, street eats, famous food street eats too, mm-hmm. with all the Asian places from Southeast Asia there. I mean, I, I think they're setting themselves up to be the next Bellagio in terms of game changer for food. Sort of what Bellagio and Venetian uh, uh, Venetian Palazzo did back in 2005, 2010. I think that's what the Resorts World's going for. I'm just talking food now, folks. I don't know about rooms and cocktails and gambling and all that, but their food there is spectacular. And every one of the caviar bar, don't sleep on caviar bar. It's a great champagne bar. The wine list is great. Lots of caviar, obviously, but it's also a serious restaurant by a New York chef named Sean Hergott. And I've eaten there twice now, and I've been really impressed whether you go for a full meal or just a bunch of nibbles, it's a really serious restaurant with really creative food. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I thought it was literally going to just be a bar where you get caviar, yes. but actually they incorporate it into a lot of their little small bites. It's almost yeah. like a small bite tapas place. Right, it's, yeah. it's almost like, it, and it's weird. It's very, um, what what uh, the 2000s are. It's very American fusion, drawing mm-hmm. things from Europe and Asia, whatnot, but I had one of the best gnocchis I've ever had, you know, Italian gnocchi mm-hmm. with the cream and a very light pillowy like dumplings that just blew me away. They're as good as any Italian restaurant I've had in town. So, and obviously there's caviar at all the different price points. 
And it's, it's just a fun place to go. And just uh, you can go there for a drink. You can go there for a full meal. Well, and one of the nice things is you can go to Resorts World, right? And, and, and even if you don't have a reservation, you can, there's options that you can go right. to. And Wally's right now, I think, for, for the most part, you know, it hasn't been too busy. And they've yeah. got a lot of tables. So you can walk in, have an easy meal, bottle of wine, try some of these new, new places or put, you know, walk in, make a reservation for an hour, you know, in an hour and go, go explore because there's a lot to do there. Exactly. And, and I'm telling you, a year from now won't be that way. Once it all the convention not. stuff are coming back, it's going to be jammed even to pre-2019, 2018 levels there. And I want, before I get, oh, leave Caviar Bar. It has the coolest seats of any restaurant in town. They're shaped like carved out pearls of caviar. Yeah. And they're super, they're kind of round little couches you Uh sit in. And they're super comfortable and really, I don't know where they found them, but I I think it's one of the neatest seating uh, places in town. It's got a little bit of a Jetsons vibe. Yeah, it's sexy. Very sexy Jetsons meets caviar vibe. I I think Caviar Bar is a real sleeper right now, but it's going to get bigger and bigger. And I like that it's open to the walkway, the main walkway, and so you get to watch people. So I, I love Resorts World. Ashley does like watching people. <laughs> I'm I a people watcher. That. And people, people like watching and- her, unlike you and me. <laughs> well, <that's>, uh, <laughs> when we walk in, yeah. nobody, no heads turn. There's no accounting for good <laughs> no, no, Nobody goes, ooh, look at those guys. Uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> well, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And we've got our favorite official food critic of the show here with us, John Curtis. Please stay with us through the break, John. More to catch up on after the break. Salmonash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmonash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. All right, we're back. What's right with Salmonash here on News Talk 840 KXNT and... Yes, if you've been listening to the program, you know that not only do we have the official food critic of the show with us here today, John Curtis, the lost vegan of Las <laughs> Vegas, curmudgeon at law, uh, and uh, and royal food taster for uh, for, <laughs> for Ashley for Princess Ash for Princess Ash, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we, we also have three wiener dogs here yeah. in the studio, so if you hear growling, barking, it's not John. Did you ever, I mean, I'm not a dog person, as everybody knows, but did you all ever consider getting, like, full-sized animals instead of these <laughs> little tiny things that just are about, they don't come above your ankles? I've always had large dogs. Oh, really? And then I dog sat for Sam's late dog, Lucy, and she was a miniature dachshund, and I loved the fact that when they disobe- they're disobedient, you just pick them up and move them. Whereas a oh, big dog, if right. they don't want to go somewhere, yeah. they lay down, and it's you right. versus an 80-pound animal. Right, yeah. Whereas with these little 12-pounders, you just scoop them up and move them. Excuse My 10-pounders. Mine are 10 pounds, just because Rocky's a little Well, he's been larger. hanging out with John Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> he's going on the food tours. My <laughs> uncle had Labradors, and they were, they were always very sweet-natured, but very quiet dogs, but... My God, those things are like a piece of furniture when they yes. decide to go to sleep somewhere. Yep. Okay, you've you got to step around. They're nothing. They're big. No, these things are easy to move and relocate, but they're feisty. John, you're excited you're leaving town tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, as you can tell, I'm wearing a German hat, you know, because uh, uh, today, because just like the Germans, I enjoy invading France. <laughs> <laughs> and that invasion is, uh, is scheduled for what? Uh, Early tomorrow morning, yes, yeah. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So it, it was a pain in the neck. Oh, folks, international travel. I mean, it's not so bad to Mexico, as you all know. Mexico's not so bad. Flying to Europe, 
Pain in the... Toucan. Pay money, money. Pay, pain in the Ashley is what it is. <laughs> You're not the first or the last person to say yeah, that, John. Yeah. We don't even need to blink that. This, yeah, uh, okay. That, but it is. Uh, we had to go through rapid tests that weren't rapid. You know, uh, just lots, lots of issues. Lots of paperwork. Uh, you know, the hotel needs it. The airplane needs it. The state of France needs it. You have to go once you land. You have to go get another pass that tells them for the fourth time that you've been vaccinated and you don't have COVID and it's just a mess, but we're going to go. We're going to put up with it. I understand, as I, I think I mentioned this last week, friends who've recently been there, once you get there, it's pretty much normal. It feels normal yeah. just go, go, going around. A lot of, see a lot of masks on people, but that's the way it is in America, too. But, uh, but the, just the getting there is the uh, difficulty. Well, if you need a vaccine card, Rocky will share his. He's oh. up to date on his vet shots. <laughs> yeah. I, How's I your parvo, all... John? Why now? How's your parvo? Parvo. Your parvo shot. You know. I don't have that. <laughs> You know, a, well, you know, the, the no, trouble they was they, they, they do move the goalposts all the time. Uh, like we got we waited to get vaccinated because we knew we were going to do this in January. Yeah. So like good boys and girls, we thought we'll wait till October, November, get our vaccinations. Uh, and not as early as a lot of people, but we had never been. We had already both of us had had COVID at that point. So we waited and got thought, okay, this is great. We're all vaccinated. We ever get a vax card. Blah, blah. Then France changes. Now, now we need this. And now we need this. And. And who knows what they'll change, where the goalposts will be when we're there. But we're going anyway, because I love the food. Fantastic. So how long are we, do we have to get a substitute here? Two weeks. Two are weeks? we gone two weeks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So I'm, I'll try. And I may not come back. I mean, if it's uh, if there's less BS there than there is here, I may, I may shut. <laughs> I've suddenly been invaded by, by two dogs. German I mean, dogs. Yeah. The two wiener dogs, the little dachshunds, German dogs have yeah, invaded and, my lap. And right I now. have a German, I have a German hat on here. Let me, let me uh, put a. Oh no! Oh my gosh! I wish all the listeners could actually see the ridiculousness yeah. that's going on right now. <laughs> this is funny. They can't. Um, I'm taking a video. Oh, I'm going to okay. post this. Uh, this is this is. Hey, listen, folks, it's live radio. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> but it's but it's live and and theater of the mind Ashley has two wiener dogs on her lap and they appear very comfortable. You so, know what I say on my blog when people complain? I say, well, it's worth what you're paying for it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that. So, what restaurant are you most looking for? I assume you're going to Paris to eat. So, what yeah, are you yeah, most just a little, <laughs> just a little. So, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I mean, it, you'd have to be a real frank file to these for these names to mean anything to you, but if. I'm going back back to Tour d'Argent, which is one of the classic, classic French restaurants. It's been, I think, in operation as some kind of food thing since like 1647. That's how, wow. you know, since the 17th century, this, this place. So it's one of the oldest restaurants in France. Very formal, looks out over Notre Dame. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant. And uh, it, it comes and goes, it fades in and out with popularity and whether it has the right, what Michelin stars it has. But I've been there before. And I love it. So Tour d'Argent's a big one. Le Grand Vefort, another classic old line French restaurant that has booths with actual nameplates of people like Napoleon and Victor Hugo and Josephine. Hey, we and, have and, that here, John. Yeah. It's called the Golden Steer. I, I, well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand. Napoleon Fra ate at the Golden Steer for sure. Yeah, Frank, Frank and Sammy and Elvis are, are great, but they're not exactly Napoleon, okay? That's so fair. you can actually sit in a booth where Napoleon Bonaparte ate, ate his meal. Have you been to this restaurant oh, yes, before? Oh, yes, yeah, several is, times. Is it's there, one of my favorites in, in, in Paris. Are there any new spots you're going to? 
Uh, well, we're going to another old one called Lamy Louis, which is an old, old French bistro. And then I'm going to a new place that specializes in, uh, in Alsatian chicken up in the Montmartre uh, neighborhood, which is called Le Coq Rico, which is very uh, modern uh, take on old-fashioned French dishes. It's a really well well thought of restaurant. It's Alsatian much chicken. Alsatian chicken. Well, and, well, they use actually from this. Uh, I don't want to get too esoteric here. But they use the, the chefs from Alsace. The chickens are from uh, south of Lyon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're uh, it's a chicken restaurant, just specializing in chicken. Yes. All right. That's what you do in France. You go so there for a, cheese and chicken. It's a French yakitori place. Yeah, it's French yakitori. Well, kind of, with a lot more sauces. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm well, going to be following your social accounts. Oh, yeah. yeah this what is are a, they again? It's at? at? Well, it's at Eating Las Vegas on Twitter, and it's at John Curtis, C-U-R-T-A-S, all run together on, on uh, Instagram. Curtas. Curtas. C-U-R-T-A-S. And then I don't. I, I push up things on my blog, but I use, that's usually about a month behind on my okay. blog. All right. Eating Las Vegas. Uh, oh. I'm going to watch eagerly. And I hope that when you come back, you can give us some highlights and, and tell us what... Um, if I come back, I might just stay over there and just you'll, you'll find me living in a little French town, <laughs> you know, 100 pounds heavier, just eating foie gras day and night. Well, we'll just send us your address and we'll okay. ship you a microphone. And, and a dog. And, and, and dog. <laughs> you'll find me sitting around with a little French Pekingese on my lap. And just... <laughs> I'd pay for that. Yeah, that would be. Then you, you'll know I'm going off the off the edge then. Oh man! Uh, so what? Coming back from uh, this, and we're getting ahead. I know, but coming back from France, when you get when what do you think you're going to miss the most? Or I guess well, I should say this: What do you think is going to annoy you the most about American restaurants here at home? Well, let me I, let me answer the question you didn't ask. You started to ask, I think. <laughs> When I get over there, and I've I've done these long trips to France before, and you know the the food I miss the most, in and, and I, out, I know Mexican food. I bet because French food is great and it's very wine compatible, but it's very soft kind of mellow food. Think of you know think seafood and wine and yes. sauces and butter, and so it all sort of fits together because the wine complements the food and vice versa. But it's not sharply flavored. And after eating that food day and night for two weeks, I really miss those sharp, like salsa, you know, and, and, uh, and that, that sharp, spiky kind of flavor accents and seasonings that you get out of Mexican food. I can attest that when I moved back east, so being from Southern California, born and raised, and then for college, I went to central Pennsylvania for college. The food that I missed the most was Mexican food okay. for that reason. Everything they did was very, yeah. it was meat, potatoes, buttery, right. vegetables. Right. Etc. But they think I, like one grind of the pepper mill is over. Is, whoa, too whoa, much. There yes. you go, boy. You're really getting a little crazy. So no there. ghost chili. No ghost chilies. Yeah. So yeah, French food does. Uh, a Frenchman looks at a chili pepper abhorrent. I mean, he kind of runs away when they see a hot chili pepper. Not so much in the south of France, but certainly where I'm going to be in the north of France. But okay. yeah, that's it. Mexican food. And isn't it, before we leave this, isn't it kind of pathetic what the Mexican food is like? In, in the rest of the country thinks of Mexican food. I mean, places like Pennsylvania and Illinois and oh Tennessee, gosh. when they go, let's go to a Mexican restaurant. And you go and you're just like, this is what you think Mexican food is? I, I had to tell all of my friends in college, I was like, this is not Mexican food. Yeah, I hate yeah. to break it to you, but no. It's Mexican-like food, yes. okay? But it's somebody, it's some gringo's idea of what Mexican food is. Yeah, yeah. So then, I suppose the other the other question then was uh, was what I asked if you are when you're going to come back here. What's is there anything that's going to annoy you about restaurants you're going to miss? 
from over there. Well, one thing I go, reason I go to Europe a lot now that I'm old enough and I have the time and the money to do it is I kind of recalibrate my palate. So I, I want to see what French food tastes like in France, you know, and then so when I go to a French restaurant here, I can make that comparison. Or same with Italy. I mean, you, you just want to see what it's like. Same when I go to Asia. Uh, so, yeah, what annoys me here is I think uh, they just don't put as fine an edge on it. You know, our better French restaurants do. The Jules Robichons and the Guy Savoies do. But, not, but, but just the everyday places are always just kind of the tepid facsimiles of what the real thing is. Fascinating. All right, John, can you stay with us one more one, segment? One more segment. Can, yeah, we, sure. can we hold on to you for yeah, a few I'm, more minutes? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vent in the, in, the next, uh, in the next segment. That's what really we're looking vent. for. We are here for Steam the vent. Steam out of my ears. I love it. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash. We've got John Curtis, the food critic extraordinaire, here with us. We'll be back after this. Alan Stock here. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster here in the Las Vegas area for over 22 years. What's Right with Sam and Ash is a show to listen to, something to not miss. Every weekday live for one hour starting at 2 p.m. right here on AM840 KXNT. You can also get more of Sam and Ash, my legal team, on my Vegas Today show every Tuesday morning at 8.30. So stay tuned in because you deserve what's right. And every Friday, you know, between 2 and 3, this is the spot to be. On News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right show briefly detours from discussions of law and politics. To something uh, fun that everyone's <laughs> interested in. Yes. And that's why we have John here Fridays to, to bring some fun and levity uh, to the program. And, and we love having you, John. So you're our resident food critic and uh, curmudgeon at law, the lost vegan of Las Vegas. Well, you know, the thing I can't understand, Sam, is, you know, people, some people are into literature, some people are into bingo, some people are in gambling, <laughs> politics, whatever, you know, sports. I don't understand why everyone is not a huge foodie, okay? Because, you know, one thing that we all do, there's only two things we all do. We sleep and we eat, okay? Oh, there's a few others. And some of us have a lot of sex, but some don't, okay? <laughs> but, but, but sleeping and eating are the only two universals. So I would think that everybody on earth should be a passionate sleeper and a passionate eater. Okay, what other you are passionate about, to me, is always in third place. My favorite saying is, food is life itself. The rest is parsley. <laughs> That's, That's funny. funny because my sister would agree with you. I remember growing up, if my father, my, my dad's the cook in the family, and if he put parsley in anything, my sister, it was like her kryptonite. I mean, she just would, <laughs> it, it would stop her in her tracks. It, you, What's he wrong could, with parsley? I don't know. It's I just love a parsley. slightly bitter herb. It adds it, a little bit to something and not it, much. But there may be, you know how cilantro, there's people yeah. who, for whom it, it's a genetic thing, it tastes yeah. like soap, where yeah. I think cilantro's. I mean, oh my incredible. god! Oh my god! You want to, You should see when I make guacamole. I go not enough cilantro. Get another head of it and chop it up and throw it in. Yeah, yeah. Cilantro with a little side of avocado. I need exactly. To, I need to get an update for my sister if she still doesn't like it. But growing up, that was always a big thing. So before the break, you said you were going to vent, and okay. I presume you're going to vent about things you're sick and tired of seeing. Oh. Or oh, in and around so Vegas restaurants. Save me, everyone. Save me. <laughs> okay. And to make it stop. I mean, here's a list of things. I wrote this on my blog at eatinglasvegaseatinglv.com. Shameless plug right there. <laughs> right. Here's my make it stop list for 2022. The things I am so tired of. And I'm, I'm talking to you, chefs. All of you chefs and restaurateurs. Make it stop. I'm so over all of these things. Tasting menus. So 2005, okay, forget about it. Wagyu, octopus, scallops, foam. Can we get enough with foam already? 
craft, craft beers. I am so tired of, have you had our peanut butter, raspberry, blueberry, you know, gin-flavored ale? Oh, my God. You know, look, at, you walk into these, these damn craft brew pubs. Did I say damn? Sorry. sorry. Okay. <laughs> these darn brew pubs. And they have, and they have a, a list on the board. Uh, you know, it, it's like it's like a, a, one of the, a bill a, a chalkboard from your second grade, and there's 93 different beers on there that they make. Oh, this has got peanut butter in it. This has blueberries in it. This has almond flavored. This this is this is peat smoke. Enough, <laughs> S- stupid beer. Okay, a few other things. You know, plant based. Plant based. I don't want anything plant based. Plant you know, plant based are vegetables. <laughs> I love with plant-based hot chicken. I'm oh, hot chicken is just a fraud. I, I won't go into it. And I'm kind of over Italian restaurants too. Sorry, all my great Italian friends and chefs. There are so many friggin' Italian restaurants in this town. We don't need another one. A lot of them are good. I love you all, but I'm over Italian restaurants. So let's just and any. <laughs> I have a few more. Oh, cannabis infused. There's another one. So that that's a short list. And if you go to my blog, you'll see it's about twice as long of things. I am so over. And I'm so ready for restaurants to be done with these things and get back to just good cooking of good food. So why, why are you mad at foam? Oh, because foam, foam, was, foam was sort of made a thing back in 1997, 1998 by Farron Adria, Farron Adria, excuse me, in, in El Bulli in Spain. And it's been now copied endlessly. It doesn't bring a lot to the party. It just kind of looks interesting. I mean, you, it's foam. Think about any foam. You've no, ever it had. actually looks like someone's regurgitated your meal for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's just. So I never thought it looked appetizing. That's why I'm, I'm yeah. asking. I, I never understood the big to do. There's not a lot of flavor there. It was kind of a cool thing when he was saying, "Well, here's an anchovy foam. Here's a pineapple foam. Oh, it gets a wisp of of this flavor to it." But now it's been beaten to death. I mean, I mean, there are chefs in in Paducah, Kentucky, putting foam on <laughs> on on chicken breasts. Okay, it's it's enough already. So. Uh, and, and, and when they caviar is another one, you know, I, I was talking about caviar. I love caviar on its own, but now every chef in America, not just Vegas, thinks, "Oh, I'm going to put a dollop of caviar on that." Ooh, it's expensive. I can, I can char- I can pay a buck for it and charge you twenty dollars more because it has caviar on it. I have that uh, reaction to truffles. Truffle infused French fries. I don't need truffle French fries. Oh, truffle oil. That's, that's another truffle one. Truffle oil oh. is the worst thing ever invented. Yeah. It's not I, even truffles. It's just no. a, it's just a, it's like they take smelly feet extract, yeah. put it into some peanut oil and go, ooh, it smells like truffle. So yeah. the only smelly feet I want to smell are my own. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't even want to do that. Yeah, real truffles are, are, have an, are expensive, and they're, they're, that was, that's what makes them so good. But truffle oil, enough already, chef. And I consider it an insult when a chef, and you know who you are out there, who's, who feed me a dish with truffle oil. And I know, and they, I go, you really, th- do you know who you're talking to here? Me? Yeah. You think you're going to pull that, that stuff off on me? I mean, I, I know what a fraud this stuff is. You're just doing it so you can pad the bill. Yeah, I oh, there's nothing that angers me more than truffle oil or truffle mac and cheese. Oh and, yeah, like, oh. They, 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 truffle and she, French fries. And it's also it's a chef telling the diner how little respect he has for you. Yeah. It really is, and I don't care whether it's John Curtis, restaurant critic, or Mon Pa Kettle from uh, you know Bum Fudge, Utah. Okay, when they come in, it it it, it he's just saying. I'm going to put this one over, make you think you're eating something really, really special, which really isn't special at all, and you're dumb enough to fall for it. And, 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 and yes, yes, I'm talking to all of you. And I agree with a lot of the items you've put on, the, on your list there. What was it? Octopus, yeah. oh, uh, scallops. God. Every 
every chef feels like they have to have that item on their menu. Now they do. And no, you don't all need to. Because I don't want to get rid of them entirely. Some chefs out yeah. there are doing scallops really well. Some are doing octopus really well. But I don't want everyone trying to just fool me with a, a lame little right. and, and, and when version you, of it. And when you eat out as much as I do, and you, you this is the fourth restaurant in 10 days, and the chef comes down and goes, and here's our grilled scallop. Like, like oh, aren't you impressed? Yeah, you know, scallops are everywhere now. You're right. And yeah. they think they have to do them, and they don't. And... It's time to move on to more plant-based and cannabis-infused stuff. <laughs> I don't think I've had any cannabis-infused anything. Is there? Nah. Is it out there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot, a lot of liquids and things like that. And now they're talking about putting it in chilies. And I don't know. I mean, folks, don't mix your pleasures. You want to get high on drugs? Do, do it away from food. You know, they they shouldn't mix. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put marijuana in the spaghetti sauce. Although I will say, EDO is infusing they're doing their own gin infusing yeah well, and that those guys friends, are serious and they're great and that friends is delicious they'll take a gin and they've got an infuser from that one restaurant in chicago is it oriole uh, no, no, Alinea. 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 It's and, the bar in Alinea. Yeah, yeah the yeah. bar Alinea, and they've got this infuser, and they put, you know, they'll put uh, slices of citrus and 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 thyme and whatever in it, and they'll and they'll put the gin in there and and infuse their own gin and. That makes a mean gin and tonic. Oh, yeah. Well, the gin and tonics at Edo are fabulous, as are the ones at the Haleo in, in the Cosmo. So the, nobody does gin and tonics. So, you know, it's like the national drink of Spain. And I don't know how that happened. It evolved over the last 30 years, but everyone there drinks gin and tonics, and the Spanish do it better than anybody. I'm not over gin and tonics. I still love a great gin and tonic. So do I. Yeah. I need to get to Haleo. So I, I want to hear of Sam's real quick. What are you over? I heard one of hers. I'm going to hear what you're over. What, what do you have enough of? Um, well, I'm not a truffle Mouthy person. restaurant I, critics. I, I, I don't. Uh, that was t- I just did that one. Well, I, but I, I, it's mine too. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I really, I, I, I think, and the other one is just, and, and I, it's not that I mind it. It's just that it's at every restaurant is creme brulee. It's, yeah. it's on every menu. And then in, in, you know what I actually bothered most by is when they try to put a twist on it. If you're going to have creme brulee, make it a classic yeah. vanilla uh, oh, yeah, creme brulee. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't don't want bastardize it. Yeah, with, I, don't yeah, put yeah. stuff in it. Don't yeah. add stuff to it. Don't make it chocolate. It's not it's, it's a vanilla creme brulee. It is what right. it is. And that's what, made it, that's what made it famous. It's kind of like martinis when they have chocolate martinis. No, it's, it's, not, a, it's not chocolate martini. It's not, that's a dessert that gets you drunk. A martini is a martini. <laughs> that, that, that's what it should be. It's, it's when they, when they, they bastardize oh. a, a term just to pretend it's something else because it sells. Uh, I'm a fan of an espresso martini, though. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, so I can take that. Especially yeah. if you want to get drunk, you know, and wired. Yes. Okay? Yes. yes. That, that's always good. Now, after this break here, uh, we're going we're gonna to release John from his misery uh, and let him get packing for his trip that's coming up in a few hours. Are you going to be interviewing one of my buddies, I understand? Yeah, yeah. we're going to have Vital Vegas here. All right, right. Scott, Scott. Robin. Uh, we're going to have him on next segment and um, and talk about this tip compliance thing. This is big. If you are in the industry right now, if you're uh, uh, on, working on the strip or restaurants, gaming, you, you earn money on tips. The IRS is tweaking some rules. The casinos are enforcing them. And some people are even facing zero paychecks, if you can believe that. Oh, geez. So okay. not good. Well, we will I'm, get the download on that. I, I'm out of here. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, and I'll, I'll, I'll 
Follow me on social media, folks, from Paris, France. Thank you. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. Uh, au, au revoir à bientôt. <laughs> You're listening to With Height with Semenish <laughs> on News Talk 840 KXNT. And welcome back to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And as promised, on with us right now, our good friend, Scott Robin. Scott, Mr. Vital Vegas, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me back on. It's always great to chat with you guys. <laughs> it's great to have you. Happy New Year. I don't think we've we've talked so far in 22. We haven't. It's let's keep it happy as long as possible. Yeah. If we could, that, that's my resolution. Keep twenty twenty two as happy for as long as possible. Well, we um, we appreciate having you on because we wanted to get into this uh, tip compliance issue. The IRS putting out new rules for tip withholdings. This, uh, I feel like this affects Vegas disproportionately because so many people earn their living on tips here in town. And, and tipping is important, right? And um, people who don't tip are a-holes, and we've established that here previously. Uh, so that all, those the are- te- all, Technical term, yep. Yeah. Those, yes. Nice job. <laughs> but, you know, starting at the first of this year, and you're the, you are the first to report this, uh, you know, a number of casinos are sending out letters saying, hey, the tipping thresholds are changing, and, uh, and we're going to, you know, we're going to begin withholding what are larger amounts- and this is – people are freaking out. Can you explain why this is important and what makes this such a big deal? Yeah, sure. And, and it is not uh, completely black and white, so it, it makes it an interesting topic. Um, there are a lot of folks that are really riled up right now. Ultimately, it, as you said, it, you're exactly right. Other towns have restaurants. Other towns have bars. But Vegas is so driven by gratuities uh, and tipping that this tip compliance uh, program really has a big impact disproportionately on, on folks, these frontline servers and bartenders in Las Vegas. So uh, the, the IRS has a challenging job. They have to figure out what tipped employees make so that they can tax them on that money. Uh, as we all, we all pay taxes on what we earn, it's just it's a little more fluid when you're getting tips because it's not a set amount. It can change from hour to hour, day to day. So the IRS tr- tries to do an estimate uh, based on a number of things, including observation and the receipts, you know, sales, things like that. Once those numbers are set, uh, those are renegotiated every three years. So what has happened during the pandemic is those numbers were kept kind of artificially low. They held on to some lower estimates of tipping uh, and, and folks on the front lines received the benefit of that. Well, now it's going back up to uh, what I believe should have been the rate all along. And uh, I mean, I don't think it should have been at this rate all along. I mean, this is what the number should have been had they not altered it uh, to help people out during the pandemic, basically. So the numbers now are jumping up incredibly high. Um, And the example that I saw was an individual who prior to this change the the estimate of what they were making in tips was about seventeen dollars an hour. So, uh, and now it's fifty seven. So it's a substantial change. And I've heard examples where the percentages are going up five hundred, six hundred percent in some cases. And that has a lot of ramifications for folks who are tipped uh, because it changes the amount on your pay stub um, and it changes the amount you're taxed. 
So the reason it's complex is because a lot of people feel like, well, if you're underreporting, you're not paying your fair share and these numbers should go up. There's a case to be made that, that that is true. There's also a case to be made that this jump is really dramatic and an undue burden on folks who are already going through a tough time. I can't imagine, Scott, right now that people are making what they were making pre-pandemic in tips. I mean, we just don't have the, the, the traffic, the numbers here that we that we did. Don't you think that we're still there's still some some missing money here? And, and I, I don't know. Do you think that, that we're back to where we were before? Uh, the, the folks that are in this business do not believe so. Uh, they are seeing, you know, just an, over time, tipping is going down and business is still kind of stagnant. Uh, they, you know, it's it's such a hard tips are such a moving target. So, you know, it's easy to blame the IRS for being having this undue burden on them. But they also, you know, it's pretty much acknowledged that people that get tips don't claim all their tips. It's one of the benefits of being in this <laughs> in this job because, believe me, that person that uh, that's $17 an hour, they're making much more than that typically. And so 57 might actually be closer to what they're making, but it's probably still not what they're making in actual dollars. You know, you and I, well, I don't know how it works in the lawyer world, but in the, we don't in get the real tips. world. Yeah, we don't get tips. <laughs> you don't. You get a, you know, <laughs> Ashley gets no, tips. I'm kidding, okay. I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> but, it, but most people get a pay stub and it says every dollar that you make. Correct. So the IRS knows exactly what you make and you're taxed on every dollar you make to some degree. Now, I've got a, well, I've got a question real yes. quick. Now, this, what is it, GITCA, this TIP compliance program, is that mandatory if, or do they opt into this? Right. Employees opt into this program. The vast majority do because if you don't, there are a number of things you have to do to claim you, you still have to provide information about what you're being tipped and you have to keep a tip log every single day. You have to keep track of every dollar you make. It's, it's, it's even more of a burden on an employee to opt out. Got so the, the, there's a level of frustration right now. I think more people are going to be opting out of this kind of voluntary tip compliance system, which is just going to create a lot of uh, a lot more headaches for employers. It's actually, you know, it's a pain in the neck for the folks actually doing it. But I think, you know, there there's a lot of unintended consequences in, in this realm because it's uh, if you have more stated income on your pay stub, that can be great because if you're trying to get a home loan, it says you exactly. make much more than, than you have uh, previously. But also, if you're going into court and your ex-wife is trying to, trying to take advantage of your, uh, you know, maybe get more child support or something, it also is going to reflect as a higher income there, and you therefore have to pay more in child support. So there's a lot of things that a pay stub uh, is used for, including credit and, and other things. So uh, and that's why it's complex, because it's not just a, simply a matter of let's just throw a dart at a dartboard, pick a number that you're probably tipped, probably not, whatever, and pay taxes on that. So it's this constant dance between employers, unions, and the IRS trying to figure out what's the right number. And uh, it, it, it's just a, it doesn't seem like the pandemic's quite over, but they're treating it like it is. Right. And I think that's the that's the thing, because at least from what I'm seeing, people are not out there in the same amount. And I'm hearing from a lot of people in the industry, as I think you are, that 
uh, the people that have come back and are, you know, are visiting Vegas are maybe not as generous as they once were. And that, of yeah. course, that, of course, is a major factor in all of this. The IRS is looking at occupancy rates and they're running some kind of math on this that that I guess makes sense to them and is defensible, I'm sure, on some level. But ultimately, they, you know, they're this this comes down to the reality of whether people are actually getting tipped, you know, enough money to make, you know, inclusion in this program work for them. No, yep. and what, there's going to be a little, you know, there's going to be a shock like coming up because a lot of people haven't gotten their first paycheck uh, of the year. And what I've been told is that the people who are getting them are getting can get zero dollars on their paycheck because the the amount that's being withheld for this estimated tip is it's it, it's actually more than they're making in their hourly wage. Wow. So you, you're going to hear wow. a lot more about this in the next week or two because people are going to get their checks and realize what's happened. Uh, the, the casino companies are, are starting to communicate this information, but it's all just kind of very vague. There was a letter from Caesars, and they, they didn't really get into the specifics because I'm not sure they have specifics. Got it's, it. It's all just very much the IRS is going to change its rule. Brace yourself. Don't get, don't go into shock if you don't yeah. get anything in your paycheck. But it, there's going to be a lot of uh, frustrated folks in the next week or two. Scott, in 15 seconds or less, there's a new concept uh, coming to expand Oscar Steakhouse. Thumbs it's, up, thumbs down. What are you What are you hearing about this? Oh, I like it. I mean, it's Oscars is popular, and it's going to be a kind of an extension of the existing restaurant. Love and it. And you're going to be kind of up a floor, so you'll be overlooking Circa and Golden Gate. Sorry, Scott, we've got to we got a hard out here. We got it. We got to run. We, we love having you. Come back. Let's ha- let's do this no again problem. soon. Okay. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks You're listening so much. to What's Right with Sam and Ash News Talk 840 KXNT. That was Scott Robin, Vital Vegas, the one and only. See you next week. Bye.